Warning, you are about to enter another dimension. Things may get strange, things may be weird. Prepare for the unexpected. What's going on everybody? It is Quad D20 with Dimension 119. We're back at it again for another episode. Um, and I am pretty hyped. Uh, I had a hard time sleeping last night because I'm hyped because of what I'm fixing to share with you guys here in just a second. Um, I ran my first D&D session as a dungeon master last night and was super nervous, but apparently it went really well. You know, sometimes after I finish off let me finish my tagline before I jump into it, because that's how hype I am about this. So I ran it last night, seemed to go pretty well, so we're going to kind of talk about that and a few of my observations that I made uh, during the game and how things work and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong, I am by no means an expert in D&D, or especially in running games, since I've only run one game. But I'm going to tell you a few things that I observed and that I kind of struggled with during planning and, and things that I figured out that I didn't need to worry about, things like that, um, when I actually ran the game, and things that I didn't think about at all during planning that actually happened that I was kind of like, man, why didn't I think about this? So that's what we're going to talk about. So I could not sleep last night because I was so hyped. I just kept thinking about the game and, and the session and the players and thinking about I don't want this to seem like I'm trying to brag on myself because that's not what I'm saying, and, and I'll explain why in a second. But I kept thinking about like how good I felt about actually running a game in my world. I didn't use I didn't use a module. I didn't use somebody else's. I mean, I used obviously used somebody else's pieces of you know of items because I took inspiration from other places and I used the monster manual and things like that. But I didn't use a module. I didn't use. An adventure setting from somebody else. This was homebrew. I did my first session ever as a DM with homebrew, and I know a lot of people are scared to do that, but that's what we did. So normally, and I felt really good about it when we were done. I even even my players were telling me it was good, you know, things like that. But even beyond just them saying that they had fun and they want to finish the session because we did finish, um, I felt good about it, even past them, even just past putting aside them telling me that I did a good job, I felt good about what I did. Normally, when I do anything that I prep for and am and and excited for and get nervous about, I usually think about all the stuff that I forgot, the things I forgot to include, the things I forgot to say that I wanted to say, or the details that I left out because I got I started going too fast and got too nervous and things like that. I... Even even this podcast, some days I come in with a topic to talk about, and I finish recording, and I go back and listen to the podcast itself, and I'm like, man, I was supposed to talk about da-da-da-da-da, and I forgot. This didn't feel that way, and, <clears throat> and granted, there's still a lot left for us. I won't say a lot. There's probably a whole other session worth of stuff for us to do to actually kind of finish the storyline I put together. Um, but you know how you don't you don't know how that's going to go really. But I am super excited to do more just based on this first session that we did. 
Now, that doesn't mean every session is going to go that way. That doesn't mean every session is going to be amazing. I realize that. But I'm super hyped and super excited to be able to do more. I want to do more already. I want, I want to run more games already. I want to finish this. I can't wait to get with my players and set up a schedule so we can finish this. This, what was supposed to be a one-shot, but it's going to turn into at least two sessions at this point. Um, I don't want to start DMing so much that I can't play, that I don't have time to play. Because I really enjoy playing and being characters and stuff too. But this is a different kind of... This is a different kind of high. This is a different kind of use of your creativity. It, it liter- I literally felt... Almost, I couldn't stop smiling on my way home. I ran it from my mom and dad's house because... I'm all over the place. So I hope you guys can follow me. I'm just... I'm, I'm still kind of hyped about it. So, um, I ran the session from my mom and dad's house. It was online. We ran it through Discord. But I ran it from my mom and dad's house because my sister was playing with us. And it's her first time playing. And... Uh, I stayed over there just so she could use my my uh, player's handbook, and then just in case she had questions and I needed to look something up for her or show her on her character sheet or anything like that, just to make it a little easier. Um, so my whole drive home last night, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I, I couldn't stop smiling. I was so excited, and I talked to my sister a little bit more after the session. She said she had a lot of fun, and she can't wait to play more and learn more, and that that made my excitement grow even more because how cool is it to be able to share a hobby like this with someone that you love and care about and someone that's new to the hobby anyways and they enjoy it like this is me sharing this with my family sharing something that I really enjoy and really love with my family and so far she seems to be really enjoying it and she says she wants to learn more so that's that's amazing to me, and that made me feel even better than than just having the game go good did. So, all that being said, let's talk a little bit about what I experienced running the game. So first of all, the age-old thing: if you watch any if you watch any live play D and D, or you talk to any DMs that run games regularly or anything like that, one of the things that I've heard from I think just about everyone that runs games has been that the players will never do what you expect. The players will ev- will always surprise you. They'll always do something different. They will always make you change something, you know, something along those lines. And that is definitely true of my first session. I was, I had one kind of veteran player that's been playing for several years. Um, I had my sister that this is literally her first session last night. And, you know, I'd talk, I talked, I, as far as I know, she hasn't watched any plays, you know, live plays or actual plays or anything like that online. Um, so the only D&D experience she has is the times that we've talked about it and the stuff I've shown her, you know, kind of taught her and stuff like that. And, and then last night. And then had another friend in with us, an old childhood friend that I haven't seen in years and I'm reconnecting with through D&D, which is super cool too. Um, he, I think, has played a few times, maybe, if I'm correct. I think he's played a, a time or two. He knows a little bit about it. He's got a couple of the books, I believe, if, if I'm correct. And But he hasn't played enough to be super, super knowledgeable. He, he even told us at the beginning of the session just to kind of be patient with him because he's still learning as well. I, I think he's played like maybe one or two sessions. Um, so I was kind of somewhat expecting them to... How do I say this? Take the bait, 
so to speak, and just kind of follow along. And I didn't want to railroad them. You know, I, I even even the new players when they had something to to do, and I could tell that they didn't really know what to do. I still kind of asked open-ended questions to kind of let them make the decisions, but kind of gave them suggestions at the same time. If that makes sense. Um, but and I, well, I'll use an example in a minute of that. But the veteran, I didn't expect the veteran player to completely take over the, like the way the group was going and suggest these crazy outlandish things. I just didn't take it into consideration. And it was not a problem at all. Don't get me wrong. And I even told him that uh, after the session that I love that he made me think about opening up different ways to do different stuff because he wasn't playing along with just all, he wasn't going along with everything the other two players did the other two characters did so let's talk about the open-ended questions I call them open-ended questions let's talk about what I was talking about about that with the new players so I didn't want to just ask the new players I I I would ask trying to figure out the best way to phrase this I tried I asked like what they wanted to do so kind of the session started with them coming up on a caravan that's been, you know, everything's been toppled over, everything's been dumped out everywhere, um, and they don't see any bodies, they don't see any animal corpses, nothing like that. They just see this this caravan of goods has been toppled out in, into the grass um, in front of them. And, you know, of course, they kind of wanted, they wanted to go up and investigate, and they snuck up, stuff like that, and I asked them, you know, how, how are you sneaking up? What do you want to do? Obviously, they had to roll. And, you know, are you looking at the carts? You know, what are you looking for? And the reason why I ask that is because this stuff was, it was, how do you say this? It was there, but it wasn't really there. Like, anything they picked up from this these this caravan and took into the crimson wood with them you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say the Crimson Wood. If you watched our prep session, our prep video for this session, or our prep, if you listened to our prep podcast for this session, um, you'll know what I'm talking about by the Crimson Wood. You probably won't recognize everything because I changed a lot before the session. But anyways, um, they were supposed to take. I was hoping they would pick up some of these items and take them into the woods with them, and then they would disappear. But no one would. Su- I would say what they were looking for, and other than clues, which is fine. I just didn't really plan to have any clues because something weird was going on. It wasn't just your run-of-the-mill thing. Um, they, I think they were afraid to specifically point out goods they were looking for because they kind of kept skirting around the issue. I didn't want to tell them... I didn't want to come out, right out and tell them, like, hey, you find anything you're looking for, and you know, dumped out in this, on the ground in this cart. So I literally kept asking them, what are you looking for? Is there any type of item you're looking for specifically? And they just kept saying clues and things like that, which is fine. So I had them roll on the trinkets table. The, I had them roll on the horror trinkets table on, uh, in, in Raven, the Ravenloft book, which is cool. Um, one of them rolled a switch that reminded them of one that was used on them as a child, which seemed to really 
kind of it, like excite and intrigue intrigue them. And my sister rolled a spool of dark thread that never runs out, which was pretty cool. Um, the veteran player actually said when I asked him if there was anything in particular he'd be looking for as he was doing something with this cart, he said he would be taking all the alcohol he could find. And I described that he found a that what he seen in front of him was very catered to his interest and that's when he said he wanted to take all the alcohol he could find. And he found two um, we called them bottles, but they were since he was a dragonborn, they they I described them as like like a small keg kind of thing for a we considered the amount of a small keg for for the like a normal human sized person. And he took these two very ornate, very decorated, very fine, very strong alcoholic drinks with him. And that was the only thing specifically that he said. He was the only one that said he was looking for something specific. So I didn't have him roll on the trinkets table. Um, we progressed on. They finally got into the woods. It took a really long time for them to get into the woods, which is not a problem at all because... I love the role play and the ideas that they had. So they found a man that was crawling towards the woods from this caravan. And he wouldn't stand up. He wouldn't really talk too much um, other than saying that he, he needed to find his boy in the sword. And here's where, here's where one of the players surprised me a bit, the veteran player. And here's where all of the players surprised me a bit and doing something I didn't expect. I should have, I really, in hindsight, probably should have thought about them doing this, but I never did. So this guy was not injured. Um, They couldn't see any marks on him. His clothes were tattered and ripped up as if he'd been through this horrific thing, but his, none of his, he didn't have any injuries. His body wasn't mangled or anything like that. Um, Yet he's still crawling along the ground, dragging his legs behind him. And... So the veteran player decides that he's going to go get some wheels and spokes of this, of one of these carts, and he's going to attach his legs to it so he has kind of, his legs can roll behind him so he can move a little faster. And although that might be a little wonky, obviously I let him do it because, you know, that's a good idea. It's it's being clever. Um, They end up doing that and during all this, they're, you know, they're searching and finding their trinkets during all that. And then because they put the wheels on him and kind of at the same time they decided to attach him to these wheels, they decide that they're going to follow this guy into the woods and let him search and try to lead them towards the boy and see if they can find the boy because he doesn't give them a description. He just says the boy and the sword. He doesn't tell them what the sword looks like or anything like that. You know, something's definitely weird here. And they let him lead them into the woods by crawling. He's crawling into the woods, and they're walking kind of a little bit behind him. And I did not at all plan on them taking him into the woods or following him into the woods or anything like that. So they tipped my hand kind of early on finding out even more weirdness that was going on. And basically, when... They entered the woods. I was going to have 
either either directly after they enter the woods or at some point I had was going to have a cut scene kind of thing kind of make it cinematic 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 where the the players don't see the or the the characters don't see this but the players kind of see this and like the camera so to speak would cut out and it would it would zoom out away from them and show that field where where this caravan had been toppled over and everything and all the stuff would was melting into this black uh, shadowy essence and then sucked into the forest and all the evidence that any of that stuff was out there any of that had happened was gone and the man was supposed to disappear as well but they took him into the forest with him he still disappeared but instead he disappeared right in front of the character's eyes like they blinked and he was gone so they uh they kind of tipped my hand to find out that stuff was disappearing in front of them before before um, before I planned on letting the actual characters know which is fine it's, there's no big deal I just rolled with it it's just I did not I did not expect it I expected them to leave the man with his caravan and leave the man with his carts out there outside the woods while they went and tried to save the little boy because I just fully expected them to be like, oh, little boy's in trouble, we need to get into the woods. Um, that was unexpected turn number one. And unexpected <laughs> turn number two came very short. shortly after that. The first area they were they, they got into, into these woods, was this clearing. And it's this big, it's a really huge clearing. And when I say clearing, I literally mean, like, there's nothing but there's a, a wall of trees, circle wall of trees that goes all the way around them. There's nothing in this clearing on the ground but grass, you know, a little grass. And then in the center of this huge circle clearing, there's a, a large, uh, looks like a stump of a tree that matches the rest of the way these trees look. But it almost looks as if it's made of stone instead of wood. And sticking up out of the... Uh, stone tree trunk is a sword and it looks old and kind of almost looks rusted but the rust has a weird discoloration um, it's it's got a long um, guard on it uh, and leaned up against sitting on the stump leaned up against the sword the guard and, and hilt of the sword is this gaunt emaciated figure of, of, of a person he is I don't know this is how I described him he is imagine a skeleton imagine a, a skeleton that has flesh just stretched as tightly as possible across the bones you can you could see his joints and you know you could to the point where you could see the joints in his fingers you know kind of thing and he's leaning over against this this sword. Uh, you know, there's no way he can possibly be alive, right? Well, as they approach, he starts to mumble something. They get a little closer. They hear him saying that he... They hear him saying, Trunks of gray, leaves of red, you cannot enter until you've bled. And he super hoarsely, barely can hear him. And the closer they get, the louder he gets. And then as they get it within about 100 feet, they notice that... He's still, like, his skin is still stretched super taut, but 
like one of bodybuilders flexing, you can see their veins popping out. You can see the, his veins popping out like that. And then they get a little closer and you can see this muscle fiber start to show up underneath his skin and it starts to stretch his skin back out. And he seems to be growing his vitality as they grow closer. And they keep approaching, keep approaching. They get within 40 feet. And at this point, this guy is, he's kind of half standing and he's got his hand on the hilt of the sword. And he is a very buff humanoid figure at this point. He's a very buff human. He's, he's still human, but he, he has, he has now rippling muscles. He is now looks like he could be a very formidable human. And as they get within 40 feet, the dragonborn gets within 40 feet. He rips the sword out of the, this, this humanoid rips the sword out of the stone trunk and charges at him screaming this phrase trunks of gray leaves of red you cannot enter until you've bled and the dragonborn brings his war picks up to block and as he does this thing just kind of washes through him and disappears and the sword they look back up and the sword is back in the in the stone and he's not moving the the dragonborn standing there standing still and the what they kept calling a corpse is gone there's no evidence that it was there it's not laying on the ground anywhere it's not dead anywhere it's just gone and they keep hearing that phrase ringing in their head over and over and over and over and basically the the point that I was making well before they actually approached the guy when they finally heard him say this they automatically all pulled out some kind of weapon and cut themselves and nothing happened so they were kind of on the right track. The point was that they should cut themselves on the sword. And the uh, when they got up to the sword and stump, they noticed that what they took for rust on the sword was copper-colored. Uh, it was dried blood. There, This phrase was carved in any open spot on the... Um, on the stump over and over and over and over was the the phrase and there was a few of the letters that had been filled with droplets of blood that were red some of them were the gray of the trunk where they hadn't been bled on and things like that um and i was very impressed with my sister you know as as a new player i kind of held back and watched what the other what the other characters did before my character did anything she really quickly was like, I want to cut myself on the sword. And she did, and bam, she was she vanished. And the other two had cut themselves, you know, on their own weapons, and they were like, we touched the sword, we touched the stump, and nothing happened. So then uh, my friend Justin, his character reached out and cut his hand on the sword, and bam, vanished. Here's where I did not expect this to happen and I kind of had to come up with something different um, to get him in is the dragonborn would not cut himself on the blade I I didn't want to leave him there without you know away from the rest of the party I didn't really know how to handle it I kept trying to drop hints and get him to do it 
he wouldn't do it. I, I, not not that he was belligerent. I think he was staying very much true to his character. I was not upset at all that he didn't do it, and I actually thanked him after the session for making me try to figure out a way to get him into the woods proper without cutting himself on the on the blade. Because I I fully expected. Until we were in the moment, I fully expected them to just do it and figure it out and realize it was a riddle and just do it. I never thought about the fact that they might think it was a trap and, and, and avoid it at all costs. Um, so that's part of it. That's, that's the second thing I didn't think about. And like I said earlier, the first one I didn't think about was them actually looking through the wagons for clues and I didn't plan for any clues really. Um, he kind of sat against the stump he kept trying to pull the sword. He kept kicking at the sword and hearing the, the forest protest and, and anger over him kicking the sword. The other two found the little boy they were looking for and kind of talked to him for a few minutes while while all this was going on. I kept flicking back and forth and I flavored it where the other two could hear the ringing of the sword as if it was way off in the distance of course, it, you know, they, their characters didn't know that he that the Dragonborn was kicking the sword, but they could hear this ringing noise resonating through the woods from a distance off. And the sound, this, this is where the woods, part of the, where the woods will really mess with you is because they, sound, they heard it as if it was way off in the distance, this loud ringing noise vibrating through the woods way off in the distance. The dragonborn I had where he was at, the way I kept trying to push him to go farther is that he he heard voices that he recognized, but he couldn't understand them. And then he heard, you know, what sounded like a small child's voice kind of crying and, and whimpering, talking as well, but couldn't understand it. It sounded like they were just far enough away for him to not be able to understand what they're saying, but actually hear people talking. But it didn't sound like it was in any particular direction. And basically, I was trying to get him to realize that his his people were okay and that he just needed to join them or whatever. And he just kind of, he kept pulling on the sword and kept kicking at the sword and nothing was happening, but the forest was getting frustrated. He finally kind of slumped down against the stump and sat there with his arms crossed and waited. And what I ended up doing was saying that there was a root growing next to him that had this saying etched into it really small and he didn't realize it was there and the way he had his arms crossed he started to bleed onto this root and eventually his blood filled the wording of this saying and he was transported to where his companions were except he fell backwards um oh you know as if he was leaning against the stump and the stump disappeared not as if he moved you know he's in the same position and now he's just laying on his back and so they found the little boy at that point. They talked to the little boy a little bit. Um, they got some, They made me think up some information uh, about a culture in a town that I had, did not have prepared at all. Um, the boy is from the Eagle's Nest Mountains, which I had kind of had. I know what the area looks like, but that's and and it has a name, but that's it. But they wanted to know what his village name was, and so he is now from the Raven's Roost Village in the Eagle's Nest Mountains. I kind of pulled that out of my butt there in, in the middle of the session, which is great because we're, we're, we're world building already. And kind of some culture questions came up there and stuff like that and I had to answer those, which is perfectly fine. This is what I wanted. This forces me to 
build some stuff in the world um, and make it canon. You know, I can always go back and retcon stuff if I have to, if I need to make it work for something else, but this is a great way to make me just kind of not overthink what I'm trying to build and just put it together. And I loved it. So they made me think on my toes there. Um, they noticed... They're, they're, now their plan is to kind of get the boy out, try to get the boy out of the woods. The boy doesn't remember too much. He just remembers going after the sword and how that's his family sword and he's trying to earn it someday and he's trying to earn a name. He told them that it, his father calls him boy because he hasn't earned a name yet, which led to some interesting role play. Um, he asks them if they know the way out and the Dragonborn suggests that they cut their way out and the my sister this is one of the proud moments of my sister's role play she had some some really good responses but one of her her he the dragonborn had said that she, she asked the dragonborn at one point when he showed back up after he finally got back with the party he she asked him she's like we found the boy what have you what kind of progress have you made because he said he was just waiting on him and he said, well, I moved the stump, essentially saying that he got rid of the stump. And, you know, so that was funny. And then when he's talking about cutting his way out or go, and going back the way that, he, that they came, he, my sister comes back at him and was like, you fell through a stump. So you go find that stump and cut your way back through it. And, and if you get out, we'll follow you. Which was pretty funny, the way she said it. And... He was like, well, I'm going to make a stump. So he walks over to a, a small sapling that's in this clearing, and he hits it with his war pick. And, of course, being a dragonborn and it being a sapling, he should have just snapped it off with no effort at all. But it stops his, the tip of his war pick into the sapling. And as he pulls it out, you see the boy kind of squint as he hits it and kind of, kind of... I didn't say that he looked like he was in pain, but imagine that... You know, someone's waiting, someone's going to hit something that's going to be loud or going to hit something that, that you care about and you kind of kind of close your eyes and clench your eyes. That's kind of what the boy was doing. And the Dragonborn says, you know, I guess I'm off too and blah, 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 and pulls the war pick back out of the tree. And as he does, this black ichor, you would think it was sap coming from a tree, but it's not... It's more like a liquidy as uh, kind of consistency as it starts to run out at first. And it runs down the tree. It touches the ground. And as it touches the ground, you notice that where his war pick entered, it, there's no hole. There's no marking anymore. And as this substance touches the ground, it begins to turn to shadow. And it splits off into... I think I rolled a d10, and I think I rolled, or I rolled a, a d12, I think, and I think I rolled seven, and it splits off into seven dark, shadowy spots, and they split around them, and that's kind of where we ended. We rolled initiative. They were so our next session, when we get scheduled and get started, they're gonna fight some shadows, and that would that will be their first combat. We played. We played probably two, two and a half hours, which is it's a good session length. That's kind of what I was hoping for. But I did not expect as much role play as we got out of them. I did not expect them to investigate as much. I should have, duh. 
It's, that's what I'm saying I should have thought about, but I didn't. Um, I, I didn't expect as much role play and stuff out of them. I did not expect them to look as for many clues. I did not expect them to be quite as cautious as they were in the beginning. I kind of expected them, especially being a one-shot, just to try to get in and get started on the story. Um, but that's the beauty of telling a story with, you know, three or four other people. And I told them that. I told them, definitely feel free to role play and look around and ask questions about the world. Be your characters and play your characters as you as you feel like your characters would be played. And if I have to come up with something on the fly, I'll do my best to come up with something on the fly. And I loved the fact that they surprised me and didn't just jump right into it. You know, like I said, it was supposed to be a one shot. It probably could have if we'd have played like four hours, but um, it's good that it's split there and it's a good place to split. So the next time that we get a game scheduled and start, we'll start straight into combat with the initiative that we have. I have it saved. Um, and they'll actually get to do some fighting. Now, a lot of the rest of the of the game will probably be fighting a few monsters to try to get out of the woods. And then, of course, the ending that I have prepped. But I, to me, it felt so good. I was, I have like probably 15 different monsters or creatures uh, marked in my book to think about throwing at them because I didn't know exactly what to do. I didn't know how, you know, they're level 10 characters, so I didn't, I'm not sure how to keep the combat balanced to exactly, like, I don't want to kill them right away and I don't want to injure them so much that they can't fight the final baddie. But I don't, I also didn't want to throw just a bunch of little tiny stuff at them. I wanted to throw a few things at them that were, that they could just plow their way through so they get a sense of confidence and then throw something big at them. But I wasn't sure how to balance everything and and how all that works. So I'm just kind of, I'm kind of trying it. So I prepped a lot of monsters to throw at them. But for one, we never got to a spot. We never got to the spot I planned to throw anything big at them. And we never, none of the places that we were felt right to quite throw a combat at them until he swung his war pick at this tree. When he hit this tree with it, it just kind of hit me like this is the perfect spot to bring out the shadows and i i get it shadows are half a half challenge rating a a level 10 character may very well one shot a shadow Um, i'm thinking about kind of beefing them up a little bit i don't know yet i'm toying with that i'll be toying with that until our next session but um we that's what felt so good about all of this about this session and what made me feel like it went well because it didn't I don't felt like it dragged on I don't felt I don't feel like to me it wasn't boring at all I had a lot of fun and I felt like the players did they seemed intrigued they kept making noises as you know hmm oh wow like as if they were interested as if they had no idea what was going on and all that stuff which made me feel good but they I kept their interest for seemed to keep their interest for two and a half hours with no no combat which I love, and I did not at all expect and think I would be able to do. That's what I was more nervous about anything, and I love the fact. I mean, it's not all on me. It's it's the, definitely the players, too, because without their role play and without their questions and stuff, I wouldn't be able to do all that, but that's what made me feel good about putting the session together is that we didn't even get to combat, and yet these people are saying, yeah, we want to play again so we can finish the story because we're, we want to know what's going on. So, 
that's 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 my experience with running my first session and what what I learned by running my first session. I I loved it. I can't wait to do more. I I already want to start prepping something else. I already want to start putting a campaign together. Now, I am still nervous to run my second session when we get it scheduled, and I'm already thinking about a campaign, and I'm super nervous about putting together an actual campaign because that means I have to be more NPCs and, and you know, put a kind of a town together and stuff, and that makes me nervous. But seeing that I, I have done this well, I'm, I'm willing to stretch my creativity, and I'm willing to put myself out of my comfort zone to try those things as well so be prepared for more because if this keeps going well like it did this time I plan on finding a group that is that is okay with recording our sessions so we can do some YouTube stuff and so we can put the audio of the sessions on on the podcast I would I would love at some especially with that have going well last night I would have loved to actually have recorded it but I wasn't sure how it would go, so I, I didn't worry about it. Um, but if, if the next session goes well and I do a couple more and they go well, I am definitely going to look into getting what equipment and what whatever else I need to be able to make recordings um, of people when we play online. Or you know even if I get my home group together, getting a couple extra mics and recording my home some of my home group games when we get that back going again. And just sharing this stuff with you guys. You know, I love watching actual play D&D and listening to them and things like that. So maybe I can put mine out there. You know, this will be a great addition to Dimension 119 if it all goes well. I, in, in closing out this podcast, I am going to tell you kind of what I told my wife and, and add a little bit to it last night. I have not used my creativity in this way I don't think ever. I've tried to write stories myself. I've tried to put stories together with one other person. I've never used it in this way in my own world, in my own lore that I'm building, in my own area that I'm building, and and been able to kind of direct a story like this. I absolutely loved it. It made me feel like I was using my creativity in a way that I've never done before, and it stretched it in a way that it's never been stretched before. I can't wait that's the big reason why I can't wait to do more is I can't wait to dip into that feeling of using my creativity like that. This is my jam. This is what I love to do. This is this gives me a drive even more to continue on with this dream of a shop and a dream of a YouTube channel and this podcast so I can do things like this. Because this I found my my passion and my love here. This is great. And I encourage you, if you enjoy D&D and you have good ideas for a world, and you have, even if you're not sure if they're good ideas, you want to run a game, just do it. Put a session together. Even if you want to run a module, someone else's content, put a session together. Prep a module. Read over a module. Get a group together and just do it. Just try it. If it doesn't go well and it doesn't work, you don't have to do it again. But you never know. You may realize that it stretches your creativity in a different way like it did mine. And you may absolutely love it and never want to stop doing it. I I can't say what the future holds for me is for running games. Because, you know, I may be a one-hit wonder. I don't know. I hope not. But as of, as of after last night, I absolutely love running games. And I can't wait to do it again and do it more. And I told my wife that. Like, this is... 
it made me so happy to do this. It, it's the first time I've used something of my content and put it out there and walked away feeling really good about it. Even even some of the other stuff that I've put out there and done and tried to do, you know, and people have said it was really good. I've I've turned I've turned myself on it and critiqued it so much that I was like it still wasn't good. You know, people are just saying that because they're just saying that. Be nice. I I legitimately feel like this was a good job. I do. And that's not me bragging on myself. I'm not trying to thump my chest. I'm just tra- telling you guys that I that that's how I felt. It felt great. I went away from it feeling like I did a good job, like I kept people's interest. And that makes me feel so good. It makes me want to do it more because I don't usually feel like that when I put my own stuff out there. I even said at the towards the beginning of this podcast that even even when I put an episode of this podcast out some days, I question, like, wow, should I have posted that? Because that's kind of a rough episode. I don't feel that way about that session I ran last night. Which is a major confidence booster and makes me really want to do this more. So, all that being said, stretch your creativity. Whatever it is that, that you are passionate about, that you feel good about, that you want to work on, take those chances Take those steps and do it more and take it to the next level. Take it to the next step. Whatever it may be, whether it's crafts or painting or, or, or D&D or writing a book, writing short stories, whatever it is, take it to the next level. Try to put it out there. You know, if you're, if you're painting, try to put your paintings out there. Sell your paintings or your crafts. If, you're, if you want to run D&D sessions, do what I did and run a D&D session. Whether, it's, whether it is a homebrew stuff or whether it's a module just do it just try it give it a shot you will never know if you like it until you try it if you're writing short stories or you're writing a book you know give it to someone that's not just a friend to to read give it to someone new give it to a stranger we had a stranger in this game playing like that made me really nervous because i know i know my friend justin and and my sister destiny weren't going to just rip me a new one. I knew they would tell me if it was if it was rough and give me some feedback. But I knew they were going to be nice about it, you know, to a certain extent. I have no reason to believe that if this stranger would have been bored, I think his name is Daniel. If Daniel would have been bored, that he would have even cared to just be like, "Dude, I can't do this anymore and leave the group." He didn't he hasn't yet. I mean, it's only been a day, but that's the beauty of it is I put myself out there to people that I don't know that I've never played with and I was super scared and super nervous and yet it went well. If you have a dream, if you have a passion, if you have a desire and you have something you want to advance, go for it. Try it. Take that next step that you're looking at and just, even if it scares the crap out of you, take that next step and just give it a shot because you'll never know until you take that step. I kept saying that I wanted to have have more experience playing D&D before I ran a game. And then finally, I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to run a game. I, I can't wait any longer. I can't wait. I'm not playing right now, so I can't wait and, and try to get in more games because I'm just wasting my time. So I just did it. And I love it. And I can't wait to do more. And I know I've said that a thousand times, but a thousand times we'll get the point across to how much I love it. I am Quad D20 with Dimension 119 signing off. Hope you all enjoyed this podcast. I hope this encouraged you guys to go try something new or take the next step in whatever your endeavors are. And I hope it goes well for you. 
I will see you in another dimension. Guess who? Check us out on social media. We got Quad D20 on Facebook. We got we got a, that uh, Snapchat thing at Quadman920. Um, what else we got? We got Twitter at Quad D20 underscore. Hmm, find us on there. Be posting stuff sometimes. Some good stuff. Hmm. And we got an Instagram page, Dimension underscore 119. Got a few pictures on there. It's going to be some good fun there for you. Just check us out. Regular posts coming soon. <laughs>